Welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. We do reviews and recaps of your favorite movies and shows. We focus on representation and the voices that are ignored. Yo, 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 it's the Salam Nerds. My name is Lee, a.k.a. Watch Me I'm here, my boy, Jack. We drop live episodes on YouTube on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. All episodes can also be found everywhere podcasts are found. Thank you to all our supporters. Please help us by subscribing and leaving a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yo, 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 salam, nerds. It's your boy, Neebs, a.k.a. Watch with Neebs, and I'm here with my co-host, Jazz. AKA DJ, your mission if you choose to accept it. <laughs> you know what? I accept. You accept? All right, Jazz. I accept. This is going to be a fun one because this is one of my favorite franchises of all time. In my opinion, one of the most consistently successful franchises of all time, and that is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I am really, really excited for this. What about you, Jazz? Part one. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, this was a fun movie. I didn't get to see it like in its like first couple of weeks because I was so busy. But then Rocky and I were getting lunch at Blaze Pizza. And then he was like, hey, we should go see Mission Impossible. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, let's go do it. So I canceled my entire schedule for the rest of the day. And we went and saw Mission Impossible. It was great. Baller, baller. Well, speaking of Rocky, Rocky joining us once more. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you for having me. Uh could not be more excited uh, as a uh, member of the church of TC or Tom Cruise. I'm very excited. <laughs> I like that you're dressed up in a suit right now. It's very uh, Tom Cruise-like. It was it was just for you guys. It was really just for you. I was fishing for a compliment. I'm glad I got it. I might actually just leave on a high note. This might be hey. my beard. <laughs> you know what's really funny? The suit that Tom... Uh, Tom Cruise wears the silver suit that he wears in Mission Impossible uh, Ghost uh, Ghost Nation Ghost Protocol Ghost Protocol Ghost Protocol. I went and bought that, and then the blue one that he wears. Uh, uh, he wears the blue, blue one in Ghost Protocol and a gray one in Rogue Nation. That's right. The, uh, I mixed them two up. Yeah, yeah. I bought those two exact suits, and in this one, I bought his tie, the tie he wears at the airport because it looks fresh to death. That's incredible. So the suit that he wears in Rogue Nation is actually based on the suit that Cary Grant wore in North by Northwest. Oh, um, no way. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 very much sort of the gray, you know, so even in the new one when he's in the the airport sequence in Abu Dhabi, it's very much like a North by Northwest callback with the suit. That's interesting cuz that episode nor uh, Rogue Nation is the one where he hangs on the outside of the plane, right? Yep, yep, that's how it starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes and sense. There's the famous scene in North by Northwest with the planes chasing Harry Grant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool, man. All right, well, this is going to be a cool one. So what we'll do is we'll go around, talk about how we thought 
about the movie uh, and without any spoilers. And then maybe like 10, 15 minutes into it, we'll get into spoilers. And then the very last five minutes, we will do Easter eggs. Sounds good to you guys? That's too. All right. And we'll do uh, commercial breaks in between. Um, all right. So let's start this off. Um, the movie starts off uh, in a Russian submarine, which is really cool. And then we learn about these keys, special keys. They're kind of like, you know, you need two keys to kind of make them work, which every movie has a MacGuffin, right? There's always a MacGuffin in every single um, Mission Impossible movie. And if you don't know what a MacGuffin is, it's kind of like, how do I describe it? It's like something to move the plot forward. It's kind of just like mm -hmm. something everyone's going after. It could even be a thing. It could be in person. In, uh, in Doctor Strange, the MacGuffin was, you know, America Chavez, who was the girl who could teleport. So she. What's she, her name? What I don't, it's America, right? <laughs> America Chavez, yeah. I well, since we were since we're talking about MacGuffins, you know, it was a coin. It was a phrase that Alfred Hitchcock coined. Uh, since we're talking about North by Northwest, uh, as a object or you know an event that sort of drives the plot or character. So there you go. Yeah. Do you know that in the AMC theaters, the ones that actually have a bar, the bar is called MacGuffins. MacGuffin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. MacGuffins. Uh, very, very cool. We we, we love that. We lo so this MacGuffin is basically uh, going to be this AI that can do all types of tricks, such as making the submarine think there's a phantom submarine, where it actually ends up shooting at it, but then those torpedoes actually end up coming back, and Boom, dead reckoning, which is actually like a nautical term, which uh, is how you calculate, you know, where you are by calculating where you were and speed and all this like fun math. But that's why the movie's called Dead Reckoning. And in the submarine is the only time you hear them say the word, which every time they say the word, I'm like that meme from Family Guy. Like, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so I heard him say Dead <laughs> Reckoning. I got excited. Uh, he should have said part one, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this movie kind of sets up what the movie's going to be about. Let's go into it. Uh, oh, actually, no. Uh, so this is... All right, we actually started doing the spoilers already. Oops, my bad. Yeah. I did. You can roll with that. It, it actually ah. does not start with the submarine. Ignore everything. It does not start with the submarine. Yeah, it doesn't start with a submarine. I lied. Everything I said was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited. Also, it's midnight. You guys made me stay up so late. For oh my you god, you're the East Coast, man. I forgot about yes. that. I'm so yes. sorry. All right. Overall, All right. I really love this movie. It's it's basically everything I wanted in a Mission Impossible movie and more. Real stunts, action, uh, fun plot. Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. A lot of fun actors. Um, masks being ripped off. I loved it. I loved it. Is it my favorite Mission Impossible? Maybe not, but it's still up there. It's still up there. Uh, Rocky, what about you? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 was my most anticipated film of the year. I am a massive Mission Impossible fan. Every time I travel, I recreate Mission Impossible. I re <laughs> yeah. recreated the walk up to the opera sequence from Rogue Nation with a buddy last year. Mm -hmm. in Canada. We tweeted to Chris McQuarrie, the director, and he was like, you know, love it. So massive, massive Mission Impossible fan. I think this movie is fantastic. Uh, we just don't get sort of large scale practical action like this anymore. For God's sakes, they built an entire train and wrecked it. Uh, with compartments, know, like several compartments. It, with compartments, with the furniture inside. It just doesn't get any better than this. And um, 
I mean, I, you know, I, I just finished listening to the Three Hour Empire podcast that Chris McQuarrie did, and just ba- they started shooting this movie in 2020. Yeah, and During it's COVID. had so many delays because of COVID. They had to close shop, and the way the mission movies work is they don't they never start with a completed script. They figure it out on the go. Yeah, yeah. That's why they had to do the stunt first because they didn't know where the story was going to lead. And without the stunt, they weren't going to have the story. It was so weird. Mm -hmm. Like in Fallout, when he's chasing Henry Cavill on top of the rooftops, like when they shot that sequence, they had no idea why he was chasing. (laughs) That's amazing. That's so funny. It's like you just figure it out as you go along. As you go. (laughs) Uh, Simon Pegg is in the movie liking the production to like – well, I guess all the movies, like the Wallace and Gromit skit where he's putting the rails as the train is going in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, that yeah. That's really, really funny. Also, you mentioned COVID. This is the infamous movie where Tom, Scrooge ha- uh, Tom Cruise had his rant about COVID that went viral during uh, 2020, I believe. And it went all over. And then people were like, you know what? He kind of has a point, man. Wear a mask, goddammit. <laughs> You're gonna the the entire industry is like, you know, banking on this movie. We gotta make sure that it does well. So it was an inflated budget because of COVID yeah. on this too. You bring up a great point because it was the only movie that sort of like was the first movie that came back into production right. and stayed in production while COVID was going on and other movies and insurance companies and everyone else, they were talking to Tom Cruise and Chris McCory on like how to run a set in these conditions. So they were, you know, they were paying their, uh, you know, crew through COVID, through all the breaks, um, you know, we kept jobs alive and like quite yeah. honestly, everything else we got after that, like they set the model on how to shoot during COVID. There's, there's a lot of cool stuff uh, about that. But uh, before we get into that, uh, Jazz, what are your overall thoughts about the movie? I can't add anything to it. Um, I had one gripe, but we'll get into that later. And Rocky, I told you about it the moment we walked out of the theater. And, you know, it's fine. It's an action movie. Like, this kind of stuff happens. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, it was just a great movie. I had a great time. Uh, I can't wait for the next part. Yeah. I, I'm also very excited for it. All right. So now that we've done that and i've already talked about like the first five minutes of the movie which doesn't really spoil anything like if you don't know there's a mcguffin in a, in a mission impossible movie you're an idiot i'm sorry like, uh, i'm sorry that's literally all i spoiled <laughs> all right this is that's how right. we get the big ratings by calling the audience idiots i'm yes. sorry i love all you guys don't idiots. hate me <laughs> listen nobody who watches mission impossible is an idiot right your mission if you choose to accept it is to listen to this podcast <laughs> where are the two idiots on here all right, well, all right. let me make this very clear. Uh, Rocky and privilege I to be a number conversation three. many times. What was that? Uh, yeah. No, I said privilege to be the third one. Nice. <laughs> I know. Rocky and I have had this conversation so many times about how much we hate everybody in the world. Oh. Except, uh, except Tom Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I love me some Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise actually follows me on Twitter. I don't know why. I've never talked to him, but he follows uh, me on Twitter. Neebs, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to you, and I'm yeah. in admiration, just total and utter admiration for you. I think, like, like I was, like, talking about how much I love Tom Cruise when Twitter just came out, and, like, his probably some intern that works for him just followed me for some reason. That's the the only thing I could think of, right? Well, the other, <laughs> the, 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 that's, like, probably what, what happened. 
So, like, you know, like, the simplest explanation is probably the right one. But in my head, it's like Tom Cruise thinks I'm cool, then he followed me. <laughs> of course, of course he did. And what a great Twitter bio, too. Running in movies since 1981. I love that. I love his Twitter bio. And uh, you can actually get an entire, like, collection of him running in all the Mission Impossible movies, and it's fantastic. The best one, though, is Mission Impossible three and then ghost protocol in my opinion those are my two favorite you didn't like the fallout rooftop chase when he's running across the the buildings and like at full sprint i i love that but there's this one scene in three where he's running what, that's the continuous and, one right yeah the, the, an explosion yeah. happens it's so good and then there's the ghost protocol one in the desert i love that one too man yeah. that that one is really good they're all good they're all solid they're all I'm always going to be partial to the third one because um, that was actually the first Mission Impossible I ever saw. I don't uh, know. The rabbit's foot. It was foot. like in my eighth grade year I, middle school. So Philip Seymour Hoffman. Also, J.J. Abrams' first movie. Yeah. J.J. Yeah. Abrams was on it? So J.J. Yeah, yeah. Abrams directed it. That was the first feature film he ever made. Yeah. Oh, and, damn. And then he did like a bunch of them afterwards. And I think... Yeah, uh, so then he got the Star Trek franchise through Paramount. Um, yeah. And then he did Star Wars. And uh, he... So well, he did like Super Eight uh, as well. So Tom Cruise saw uh, Alias, which was a TV show with Michelle Monaghan, and was like, "Hey, uh, I'll get this guy to do three. Yeah, one is like the one with the best plot still, like the best mm-hmm. plot. It's so good. I mean, it's Brian De Palma. I mean, you can just study that film just on a pure cinematography level. I mean, that yeah. entire conversation. Also, Henry Zerny, what an incredible actor back. As Kittredge. Uh, yes. But, yeah. I, 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 it's I, great. I, Tom Cruise is insane. Like, uh, in Mission Impossible 2, the scene where the knife goes almost into his eye, that's not CGI. That's, that's a Tom real knife. Cruise. He said, yo, stab me from within a millimeter of my eye. And, like, the guy's like, oh. okay, sure, Tom, we'll do that. There's a great interview with the director, John Wu, talking about how they rigged that knife. And, you know, they asked him, hey, were you afraid for time? And he's like, yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that, that's, that's how you know John Wu is the man, because he's just that cool. That movie got me into rock climbing. When you see the opening where, like, Tom Cruise comes out and just, mm-hmm. like, the rock climbing, that that movie got me into rock climbing. Uh I mean, I think it goes without saying that the look is just based on Mission Impossible too. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that was, fair. That, that was that was never in doubt. Love it, love it. Oh, there's so many good Mission Impossibles. Like you know, I've actually been on the outside of a plane. I've done the wing walking experience where you're literally That's hanging awesome. on the wing of a plane while it's in the air. He's doing that in the next one. He's doing I know. Like a, a wing walk on the biplane and possibly jumping from one to another. Oh, I did not do that. <laughs> I did not jump yeah. from one to the other. <laughs> but I, I did wing walk on the plane. The other thing that he's doing in a movie, and I don't think it's in Mission Impossible. It might be in a different movie, but he's doing a movie in space, apparently. And I did the zero gravity thing, too. So oh, like, that's all. I based most of my adventures off of Tom Cruise. Like, <laughs> he, is, he, is, he is a idol. Like, have there. you guys seen the behind-the-scenes stuff of him on the biplane talking to the audience as the plane inverts? And then he skydives while he's talking to the audience? No, I don't think I've seen that, but that sounds okay. I, really I would, cool. I would definitely watch it. It's great. They're both on YouTube. Uh, he's basically thanking the audience for Top Gun. One, he's on the biplane while it's twirling, like in midair, and the other one, he's just skydives and talks to people, and then you know goes nice. down. 
my, my biplane was also twirling and doing loops and stuff. So yeah. I, I got yeah, that. Yeah. That's why he follows you on Twitter. I know. He, he, <laughs> we're, we're, he gets his we're, ideas from you. We're kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the other thing that I didn't know about was Halo skydiving. I had no idea what that was until he did it. And I was like, I want to do that. But then I then I saw that you have to cover your face. And I was like, no, I, I need my face open for the gram. <laughs> like, I need people to know that it's me <laughs> doing it. It's really, really funny. What's on Halo? Uh, we're at, approaching uh, 15 minutes. Why don't we head to our first commercial break? Uh, we're going to go into commercials, and we will be right back. And we're back, guys. All right, listen. Let's talk about the movie. Let's go forward. Let's recap. There's going to be spoilers, uh, important spoilers. I probably spoiled a little something. You know, the only thing I really spoiled in the beginning is the fact that there's a MacGuffin, and the MacGuffin is an AI. So what are your thoughts about this new MacGuffin that we have, the whole theme in the beginning with the submarine, Rocky? Loved it. Um, so it's a, it's obviously a very solid callback to The Hunt for Red October, which is a great film yes. with Sean Connery. Uh, if you haven't seen it, um, the reason I bring it up is the movie starts with them talking in Russian and then the camera moves and they switch to English, which English, is exactly yeah. on for what October does. So I fell in love with the submarine sequence. I thought it was incredible. And originally it wasn't even in, supposed to be in this movie. So uh, glad that came together. Yeah. Jazz, what about you? Okay. Uh, I love this scene so much because of like, uh, with the recent Ocean Gate submarine implosion, right? Like <laughs> everybody's like learning about submarines, and the timing of it was kind of weird. Like <laughs> when the movie came out, I thought they may have had to delay it. But a lot of people are learning about submarines, the control systems, and all sorts of you know other mechanical features of submarines. And then seeing it like in a sub like that was really cool. And then the AI portion of it, oh my god, that is scary. But that's also where we're headed. So yeah, I truly enjoyed this part. The part. Nah, we'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on with AI, man. AI is incredible. And like the fact that this uh story decided to make that the focal point of the entire like next two movies is pretty interesting because we're going through it with like the, the strike, which we support by the way, if you can see down there. Uh we definitely support the strike. Uh, but it's also about AI. And there's so much stuff that we don't know about AI, but there's so much potential with it and it's crazy it's this amazing great thing that could also be our downfall <laughs> so like it's crazy uh a lot of good and bad to it and the fact that they made this the plot of the movie is very very interesting and i like the way the plot goes um next what we do is we see them in amsterdam in a flashback sequence so now this sequence takes place before the first mission impossible and yeah. it's, it's really interesting. We get to see, like, you know, uh, the guy who plays Gabriel. Um, and we're, like, learning something about his, like, first wife, which I didn't know about. I thought he only had one wife. So, apparently, it's not a wife. It's a woman that he knows. Um, oh, okay. Something that the director talked about was sort of casting that person and why, you know, it plays such a pivotal role. And originally, it was supposed to be a, a big, longer scene. And they'd release some clips from that. Um, in some of mm -hmm. the earlier TV spots, but it didn't, you know, it just didn't end up working in the test screenings in the movie. So they shortened that and you'll see some of it in the next one. So, but it's, you know, I'm curious to see where that all leads. All right. Mariela Gariaga, I think is the actress. She's, uh, apparently a Cuban actress, apparently very incredible and, uh, supposed to have a bigger role in the second one. 
Mm, interesting. Okay, cool. cool. Very cool. I actually didn't know that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then we get to see uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, and she is from the last movie. We get to see her. Mm-hmm. And she is in some kind of sandstorm. And I was like, oh, another sandstorm. Gross protocol again. And he has to kind of save her. But then he goes, he does save her. And then he goes, you're dead. You're dead. I think her name is Elsa in the movie. Elsa uh, Faust. Yeah. yeah. What was your thought of them bringing her back? Ilsa is probably my favorite uh, female spy, I would say, uh, like ever. Uh, mm, wow. She's an incredible character, like throughout, like from Rogue Nation all the way to here. I think she's such an interesting character. I think she's just incredibly badass. And Rebecca Ferguson is just, my God, great. So I, I'm always there for more Ilsa. Like, love it. Love it. And then uh, they go into the intelligence room, which is a fun little callback because you get to see, you know, uh, some of the characters that you might remember. And they also uh, have a line where they go, uh, well, Ethan is in disguise. He's there the whole time. Uh, and then he kind of just, you know, in there, he I think he finds out a lot of stuff about what's going on. And then he tells them about... Uh, Okay. Then he tells them about stuff like what's going on with the AI and they're learning all about that stuff. I thought that scene was pretty cool. Really cool callback. Uh, What were your thoughts about that, Rocky? I'm going to fanboy for a second about Henry Cerny here. Um, And the reason is something that uh, Chris McQuarrie, the director, kept saying was how much he would rewrite his lines and how much better it made it. And an example he gives is in the intelligence room when you're talking about it, and, uh, you know, Carrie Elwes' character is like, you know, do you actually believe that we can stop the AI with these keys? And he says, you know, what's important is the rest of the world believes it. And there's a line where he goes, you know, none of our allies have willingly whispered one word of this to us. And the original line was none of our allies have whispered a word of this to us. He added willingly. And the yeah. reason willingly makes it interesting is that means that we're spying on our allies. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I heard. Oh, he- damn. I heard he actually talked and uh, and like really like uh, got to know about CIA agents and stuff like that after the first movie. He did all this research because he thought he was going to be in so many more of them, and he ended up being in none of them. But that research <laughs> still came in handy. <laughs> and it's and every way, I mean, every syllable that man enunciates is just a pleasure to hear. He's just got an incredible tone, incredible diction, and it's just so much fun to see him juice scenery. Yeah, and he, there's a line where he goes, like, the next war won't be a Cold War, but it'll be a war of resources, like water and all stuff. And I was like, damn, that might be hitting a little too close to home. <laughs> like, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised, right? That That's that's wild. That is yeah, insane. Yeah, in the theaters. So, I guess something scene. interesting I, also about, I guess, Kittredge as a character is we meet him in the first one when he's director of the IMF. Now he's director of the CIA. And, um, you know, uh, so he's basically been shuffling around agencies to figure out how the machine works, uh, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Also, oh, big uh, Easter egg back of the office uh, is uh, a portrait of. Uh, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on her name. She played C- the CIA director in. Uh, yeah. She's Angela Bassett. Angela, Angela Bassett. Bassett's portrait because she's now the president. So she went from being CIA director in the last one to president in this one. So. Wow. I did see her picture. I didn't know that meant she's the president. Wow. Yeah, she's the president. Yeah, so 
All right. All Which right. is why Kittredge is now uh, CIA director. Makes a lot of sense. I'm here for it. Angela Bassett is president. Can we make this a reality, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, the other the other callback that I thought was really cool is at one point he goes to Ethan after he takes off his mask, which obviously the mask is like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, and he goes, I understand you're upset. <laughs> and like, that's the line from the first movie where he goes like, you've never seen me upset. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> my God. I was like, yes. <laughs> Oh, love that callback. Really, really good. Um, yes, that, that scene was really good. Next, we move on and we see uh, Luther and Benji. Luther is probably the only person who's been in every single uh, Mission Impossible movie, yep. which I had Whoa. no idea. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know he was in the first one. But yes, after we're watching, I was like, yeah, okay. And then I think Benji's in every single one after like four or something. Or Three. Uh, he's introduced in three and then he's okay. there from the one. Yeah, yeah. So in here we have like the airport scene, which, uh, you know, was really cool. And we get to see use a mask again. And the CIA people are like running after people and they're like touching their face and trying to pull their face because they're trying to see if they're wearing a mask. Like, so good. It's really, really well done. Uh, I like seeing Luther and Benji again. And this is where we get to finally meet uh, Haley Atwell. So that was really interesting. And her character, Grace. So they're here to get this key, and they meet Haley Atwell, and they do the uh, sleight of hand stuff with uh, with the keys, which is always fun. Uh, what were your thoughts about the airport scene, uh, which includes uh, Benji trying to you know uh, counter this bomb that's going off and figure out all these riddles, while Tom Cruise is like you know trying to get this key from grace and then the cia people are trying to capture them all of these crazy things happening at once and then it ends with an amazing chase running scene on the top of the freaking uh abu dhabi airport which is incredible like that's crazy uh what are your thoughts rocky uh i mean i think you said everything that needed to be said uh, it's such a complicated sequence but you know exactly where people are in terms of geography, you know exactly what's happening, and that's just hard to do. And that's just incredible editing and incredible sort of, un, you know, just a fundamental understanding of good storytelling. Um, it's yeah, it's a great sequence. They bring out the uh, uh, the uh, sleight of hand, like you said, from the first movie. From the first been, movie with the disc, yeah. Uh, and like, I mean, the entire thing. I mean, you know, the the film nerd side of me is like very sort of north by northwest, where Cary Grant takes. Uh, her into the UN building when he's investigating what's going on there. And, you know, they're wearing very similar type of suits. And there's even a shot when he's running on the airport in uh, Dead Reckoning, there is a flight that goes behind him. Uh, I I love that scene where he's on the airport. That just port, so good. And, so the, and like the airport actually let them shoot that scene. And then Tom Cruise hung out with all the people at the airport afterwards and like sign autograph, took pictures, like super chill guy. Just nice, just super nice guy. I mean, like, I mean, I know he He's had saying, a bad rep back in the back in the nineties or the early two thousands with his ex wife, but we haven't heard anything since then. Looks like he got his shit together, uh, so that's good to hear. But he actually saved the guy once from a like a burning car in real life. That's yeah, crazy. Mm -hmm. We're all Tom Cruise fanboys here. It's okay. I know, I know. Ch Ch Church of TC. Church of TC. Church of TC. Are we going Scientology next? Is that right? <laughs> and you know, might, might, might as well go clear. Listen, John Travolta is also in Scientology. How come he never gets shit? 
<laughs> the uh, even, even Will Smith was in that for a while. Will and yeah. Jada. Yeah. I uh, know. It's a lot. All right. We don't know. But you know what? Uh, at this point, we get to see the scene change place, and they go to Rome. Uh, the Rome sequence, I was like, oh, we just saw Fast and Furious. So we're like, oh, another car chase in Rome. This looks very familiar. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought that was a really cool action scene. And we get to meet some other characters. We got to meet Paris, who is you know p- played by Palm, who you might know from Mantis in the Garden of the Galaxy. She mm-hmm. is so incredible in this movie. Just no lines, just all visual acting. I think she does such a great job um, to the point where, like, I'm like, I could see her as a Harley Quinn. Like, she is so good oh, in this movie. yes. Right? That would she be would, so good. She could kill it as Harley Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's this entire chase scene. Uh, then Tom Cruise does this thing with the handcuffs. Also, in this chase scene, a lot of the stuff we see is from Grace's point of view. Like you're in the car and you see Tom Cruise just smash into a guy with a bicycle, with a motorcycle, and you don't see how he got there. You just see him come out there. And then they do that again at the end too. And it's just amazing. Rocky, what are your thoughts? That entire thing is like a one shot. It's it's a wonder. And it establishes geography of where the CIA guys are, where the Italian police is, where Paris is, and then finally where these two are. And it does the whole thing in one take. It's 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 great. Yeah, it's it's really great. And one of the funniest parts is when he handcuffs himself to Grace, but then he handcuffs his left side because he obviously going to need to like fight with the right side. But it turns out he can't drive, so he has to put her in the driving seat. And then the car, the little yellow Fiat, rolls over on the stairs, and as it's rolling, they switch places, which I thought was really funny. Uh, really great use of like comedic elements in the in this movie, which is really really fun. I really loved it. Jazz, what are your thoughts? Ten out of ten, right there, man. Like when they switch places, I was audibly laughing in the theater. Luckily, it was just me and Rocky in the theater, and like maybe two other people. So it, it was great. Like I'm just having the time of my life watching this whole sequence going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was really really good. Um, and then we get to meet Vanessa Kirby from also from Fallout, which was exciting. Uh, she plays the White Widow, and she may be our next two storm. We don't know yet, so that that might be exciting. Mm, uh, okay, really cool to see her. And they talk about how they have to go visit her, and they say, "Well, does she still think you're John Mark? Because in Fallout, Ethan had to <laughs> pretend to be John Mark, and then Ethan goes, "How do you know I'm not?" Which I was like, "Oh." Wait a second. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I was is like, Ethan real? Yeah, yeah. Is he, is he AI? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But I thought that was really cool callback. <laughs> we we're going to see them. So they head to Venice uh, for this party. Uh, fun little party that they're having, which is a very common Mission Impossible trope. There's always a party somewhere happening. Um, Every spy movie has to have a party. Yeah, it always has to have a party. But what I loved about this is that the AI was there the whole time. Like, it's in every scene. It's the lights. It's the background. And you don't realize the AI has been there the whole time until, like, halfway through this entire scene, which I thought was amazing. Uh, This reveal was really, really cool. Uh, Rocky, what are your thoughts on that? Incredible. I mean, I really love the Venice stuff. I mean, the scene you were talking about where the camera does a 360 around him to reveal 
Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and Gabriel's got a fun, funny line too. You could say, you know, that this party is that interested part, you know, and then it's it's the AI. Um, so interesting tidbit, which uh, people might find interesting. Ving Rhames doesn't really travel too much anymore. Mm-hmm. So all his stuff is really shot on the studio. So anytime you see Ving Rhames outside in outside space in, in this movie, it's actually a body double where they, you know, composite his face on. So in Venice, oh. when they're all in the boat, that's actually not Ving Rhames. It's just no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of that in this movie because like COVID restrictions and actor availability. So sometimes it's a lot of the time it's not that actor in like the reverse shot. Is he like really old? Is that why? Is it like yeah? Health? He just doesn't travel too much. I think he had some may have had some health concerns, uh, but most of his stuff is usually just shot shot in the studio. That's good. All right. Well, good. It good also makes him. sense. Like you know, it's happening COVID. He doesn't want to die. Like I get it. Right. Like, that yeah. That was yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this was early COVID, where everybody was dying. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was a scary time. Man, it's so crazy that that was so long ago. It feels like it would just happen. Well, it's insane. Good, good thing we beat it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, about that. <laughs> nah. Well, let's see. Um, Gabriel says something else. He goes like, "It is written." So it's kind of like how this AI is using these algorithms and stuff to kind of see the future almost and predict what's going to happen which is really really interesting and i thought that was really really cool uh fun fact about the ai uh the ai sound is actually the predator sound just like reworked (laughs) like the predator noise i had no idea about that yeah Yeah. because like they use a predator noise and they just kind of like reverb it or something so uh, apparently the way they came up with that sound, because it wasn't there originally, um, Edgar Wright, who is the uh, director of the Cornetto trilogy, and um, and uh, you, you folks know who Edgar Wright is, but he saw the yeah. movie and he actually recommended it to Chris McQuarrie. He said, hey, there should be some sort of sound that like makes it go. And that kind of completely changed the movie. And then the sound guys were recording it off. Uh, he apparently had an older version of a computer and he, with the old windows and it would make a weird whirring sound when he tried to like get past it. And he was like, Hey, I think this sound could work. So they spent like a few hours just recording variations of that. And that's what they're using. That's cool. That's, that's cool. awesome. Cause like every now and then I'll actually go on YouTube and like listen to old windows, 95 sounds. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, like I'm glad you brought up the sound that the AI makes because when they did the reveal and that you heard that hum, yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, that's the AI!" It was there, like, the and whole it was time. just in front of our face the whole time, in plain sight. And until the sound came on, I had like I didn't connect it. Like it was so well done. It was that was like M Night Shyamalan little twist right there, man. I was just like, "Whoa!" It was there the whole time. I loved it. <laughs> um, also, the AI kind of shows it's like you know. We saw the AI do his thing in the submarine. We saw it do his thing in the airport with the bomb. And this one, um, it pretended to be Benji, which confused Tom Cruise and had him running in the wrong direction, which, you know, makes Ethan kind of not get there in time to save Elsa, who ends up dying, which... The only part about the movie that I did not like, in my opinion, is like, oh, they're going to fridge her uh, just for Ethan's sake. And I was like, no, because I definitely wanted to, to to see more of her. She's such a great actor, such a great character. Um, and she pretend died so many times. I was hoping it was one more. Uh, what were your thoughts about that, Rocky? So I did not like it initially. Mm-hmm. 
but I've come around to it and I am very positive we have not seen the full scene. I'll say why. Because while she's fighting with Gabriel and Gabriel sticks the knife in, there is a cut to Tom Cruise running and he's our Ethan running and he gets out and then he finds that she has died. And But we don't have that space of time or whatever took place on that bridge after. So, oh, we don't know how long she was on the bridge. You're right. It could have been up to 20 seconds. It could have been 10 minutes. We don't know. Yeah. Right. So, I, I'm just saying whatever that is, we haven't seen the last of it. Okay. Mm, good okay. catch. Good catch. That is a good catch. That is a good catch. Uh, let's see. We also see Tom Cruise fight uh, Paris, who is played by Palm, and Tom beats her, uh, but lets her live which is interesting, uh, which is something they think the algorithm maybe could not have predicted. Maybe it did. Who knows? Uh, but that was a little bit different. And then um, let's see. What else happens? Uh, what happens with Haley Atwell in this scene? She's going through something, too. I forget what. She, so I think the AI gives it a choice, right? For the key to end up with Gabriel, essentially, either Ilsa has to die or Grace has to die. And those are the oh, calculations okay. that's made. So as Grace attempts to escape, she starts fighting uh, Gabriel and, you know, she's getting her ass kicked because she's not a spy and she doesn't have those skills. And then Mm -hmm. while he's about to go down and kill her, he's like, "Okay, sure, you then. Ilsa could run, but she doesn't and chooses to fight him because she wants she saves Grace's life. Oh, that's what happened. You're right. Right. So this this leaves Haley Atwell's character to feel some kind of like you know, a little bit of like guilt towards that. So she wants to end up helping and join Ethan's cause. So what they do is they make a mask for her, a mask for her to be the white widow, uh, which is interesting. And then they try to make a mask for Ethan too, but it breaks. So now Ethan can't be there with her and she has to do this on her own, right? A little bit of scariness, a little anxiousness that's happening in here. Um, And then, uh, I believe Luther leaves because he has to go do something. Um, so he's probably going to be featured more in the fourth film, but we kind of just see him kind of leave here. Um, and then Grace puts on the mask and goes into the train and then replaces White Widow. Uh, now Tom has to figure out how to get onto the train, and this is where they come up with the big stunt. Now, this stunt is done completely without CGI. The only thing they do is remove the ramp, which everything else, it's it's all Tom Cruise, which is crazy. Um, what are your thoughts about the beginning of this train scene? Uh, let's go to Rocky. I mean, incredible. You know, I look, uh, we've all seen the behind-the-scenes stuff, and if you haven't, you should definitely check it out. It's a nine-minute video on YouTube on how they did the stunt. That was day one of shooting it. That's incredible in itself, but what I was curious about was how they were going to build build it up, and they I thought they built it up really well in terms yeah. of like the interaction Simon Pegg, why he has to do it, and finally they they do the edit of like going back to the women in his life that he's feels guilty about, and that's right. the most right ahead of him. Yeah, and we mentioned this in another movie, uh, like Jazz. How was the silent in the theater when? the motorcycle jump because my entire theater was full and you can hear a pin drop. You can hear people's heart pounding. Well, 
because it was only me, Rocky, and two others, our theater was also dead silent. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, mine was full, and it was still dead silence. Like, it was full, and it was completely dead silence. Uh, <laughs> Having been to was... both full and not full, it was pretty pretty silent. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, the, the other thing that I really like about this is that after the stunt happens, we kind of don't hear from Ethan for a while. It's kind of just the Haley Atwell show for a while, which is kind of cool because I was like, Tom Cruise is not the kind of guy that has to be on screen at all the time. He gives a lot of time to Haley Atwell and all the stuff happening on the train and all the stuff happening with the other uh, FBI agents, etc. So we get a little bit of that. And you can see her going through every single compartment. And they did that so you can remember what compartments there are. Because at the end, when all the compartments start falling, you can see them coming one by one, one by one, which is really, really cool. Um, I definitely, definitely like that. And then we get to learn more about this AI and found out the U.S. actually created it and lost it. Another fun twist uh, that I really, really liked. Jazz, what are your thoughts about that? So... My first thought when I saw this was, of course we did. <laughs> right? <laughs> of fucking course we did. The United States government creates one dangerous tool, and being the U.S. government they are, releases into the world thinking, oh, we have full control. Like, we, you know, everything's in our power. Only for it to backfire spectacularly. <laughs> and now we're in the situation. Uh, this was great. Like, the when... um that director came back i was like of course yeah this this is all right you know what i believe this now this is cool yeah yeah rocky what are your thoughts loved it uh, um i thought Kiriel was got like a really really nice scene at the end with uh isai morales i thought that sequence was good and the train stuff in general was just all, all of it yeah i mean yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the intended train. there as it's sort of taken from buster keaton's the general with the huge train sequence at the end of that movie and John Frankenheimer's The Train, those are like the two big influences. And it's like it's like watching Hollywood from the 20s and the 30s. They're doing silent movies. That's what they're doing, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. Um, and so in an era where like people are really not going to theaters, I mean, we've had bright spots, but in general, um, you know, what, what a better way to get people to go than sort of going back to the beginning of movies by just doing silent movie stuff again. Okay, uh, before we go on to the next thing, Want to take a commercial break, but when we get back, I'm going to talk about the one gripe I had with the movie. All right, sure, we'll do that. Uh, we'll be back right after these messages. And we're back, guys. And Jazz has a lot to complain about. So, Jazz. A lot. <laughs> no, I'm just it's kidding. It's one thing. All right, what and is like... your one thing? Because my one thing was, was the killing of Elsa. What's your one thing? My one thing is Tom Cruise or Ethan. When he's parachuting down onto the train, right? Yeah. And he just happens to break in the exact window he needs to break into and knock the guy out. Like, are you kidding me? Well, that's what are the odds of that? That's a dumb luck. I mean, first of all, there's, there's, no. There's, there's <laughs> this only is like every action movie. Yeah, sure, but like, there's five carts in a train, so it's a one in five chance, technically. Well, no, there were way more. There really? were like ten cars. Yeah. Mm, okay, fine. No, One so in ten chance no, is so pretty good. They built about no, it was about seven, I think. Okay, seven, seven six or seven. And you yeah. know it's not the caboose, and you know it's not the engine. So it's that not the coal cart either. Fine, right? So, so that's so four you have, cars. One of four. Right, but like to knock the exact window of yeah. like where they're like in in the... jazz. I have a, I have a question. Have you what? ever considered that Ethan is just that good? 
it's just that good. <laughs> you know? Forget Ethan. I think Tom Cruise could do that. <laughs> I can't argue with that logic that he's that good. But how did he know? Look, I, what I will say is, um, so when I first saw it, if I had seen it the way you saw it the first time, like a pretty empty theater, I think I would have the same opinion. But the first time I saw it, I saw it with a packed crowd, and they were loving it. And sort of through osmosis, I started laughing because I thought it was, you know, fun. But if I saw it, like, with you the first time, I think I would be more on your side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, love, like, I love how they shot that Duix scene, though. Machina. Yeah. It's, it's mo like, you know, 90% practical. They're, they actually built the characters. The, act the furniture's actually moving. Because one of the things that Macquarie said was, like, CG is great, but, like, it makes things, you can get exactly what you want, so you don't know what you're missing. So when they crash the the uh, the steam engine or the locomotive, they attach cameras everywhere, and it, it created, like, a shaking effect that you would have never gotten through CG. Mm. Uh, mm. So Very it's, it just makes things, like, you know, a bit more tactile, and that's why yeah. it's so great, because it, it's real. Yeah, I, like, don't I, get me wrong. I love the train sequence. Yeah. My only gripe was the fact that he picked the perfect window to come in. I don't think he picked it. I think he just I, got I know, lucky. I know. Like, sure, yeah. I think he got fine. He got lucky, right? But that's the one gripe I had with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really mind it too much. And the other thing I think is really cool about that is that we didn't see it from his point of view. We saw it from uh, Grace's point of view. So we hadn't seen Ethan for a while kind of forgot about him and then all of a sudden he just comes through this window and you're like oh yeah this is the tom cruise movie there he is <laughs> i thought that was really cool a little good like distraction from the fact that we're in a mission impossible movie um i don't know i really like that and then the, the yo, yo, wait wait because you're speaking about timing yeah so when um the bombs on the bridge were happening right they had the timer right. going down from three minutes i don't know why i do this but i actually like to time it <laughs> and in this movie, they actually nailed the timing on it. No way. Yeah, it was really cool. Like I was like counting down. Like I'm, I don't know if Rocky, you saw me because I know you had to take a call at some point. I, I did but, spot it. I did spot it. Yeah, I was like legit counting down in the theater, and they were just spot on the money. That's what you know. What I do uh, in the Mission Impossible, I don't know if it was four or five, but there's this one underwater scene that he does. Yeah, and I try to hold. Tough. I try to hold my breath as long as Tom Cruise can. And I never can. I'm always like, <laughs> like that's it. Like I try to hold my breath in that scene. So that's one of the things. Yeah, that, I yeah, that was the one where he held his breath for six and a half minutes. That man is insane, bro. That man is Actually, crazy. Yeah, um, uh, I think what's her uh, from Avatar two? Kate Winslet now has the record. She did for seven and a half minutes in for Avatar. That's insane. Kate seven Winslet? and a half minutes. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Things. Like I didn't even know Kate Winslet was in a Avatar. I mean, you don't know anybody. No, Avatar. Kate, not. <laughs> is it Kate? Uh, no, she played. Yeah, Kate. Is it, isn't it Kate in Winslet? Or am I blanking? I'm probably blanking. Are you talking about Zoe Zeldana? No, I don't know. No, 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 no. no. no like, it's Winslet. Uh, like in Avatar 2. Avatar 2. Yeah. Oh. It's Kate Winslet. Oh, yeah, it's Kate it? Winslet. Okay. Yeah. Kate Winslet is the. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. All I right. didn't know that. Damn, she beat Tom Cruise. Well, let's, let's not. I hope Tom Cruise doesn't find out because they'll probably do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, you know, might be going to space. So. He, he might be going to space. He might have to hold his breath again. <laughs> uh, but the... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So I... he goes He goes to um, basically the bridge, and the train just starts collapsing. And you just see him hanging on the edge. And it goes from, like, 
one train he gets in then that one falls and he gets in little this little domino effect thing and then like things inside the train start falling and it's just such a great sequence and it reminds me a little bit about like uh inception it reminds me a little bit about like like these old movies like i just love the way they did that what were your thoughts about the introverted train sequence while it was falling i'll go on this one or jazz any, any of you yeah so the physics here were really cool like when the train was falling off like it lifted the next cart up a bit yeah that happens right i don't see that in a lot of movies like where something like this happens and then everything's flying around um the only thing i may have noticed here was like the oil was really hot it was like bubbling it was on the floor and then it splashed on them and they didn't react at all i was like oh okay well (laughs) that's just me being anal about it uh but no like the train that kept rolling right even after like one or two cars fell off that would happen so somebody did the research here and they just did a great job with this i mean they also probably just had real trains there (laughs) they're probably really throwing them off so they built the train and crashed it um yeah because there there were no trains lying around um if you're into train crashes, again, Buster Keaton's the general and John Frankenheimer's the train. I mean, it's like heavily. I've heavily seen Buster Keaton's the general. That's the one where he has the log and on the train track and he yep. throws yeah. it right before. Yeah, I've seen that. To knock off movie. that one thing to clear the track. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, there was no insurance. So he did all that stuff for real. Absolutely real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Buster Keaton is the OG. Like, and that train yeah, could have actually derailed yeah, that's the sort of movie. what they're doing after. That's what they're trying to recreate. And they're doing sort of like, you know, large-scale, real practical action. Like, the furniture's real. You feel how tactile it is. The piano, when it, like, bursts through the final. Oh, my God. That was so good. Right? And it's it's it, it's great. that You know, they did it through gimbals and wires. And, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And then in this scene, after all this stuff happens, uh, Palm ends up, betraying uh the ai or gabriel or whoever uh and ends up you know telling tom cruise where the location is of this ai um and that's kind of where we leave off in the movie um anything that i left that we didn't cover that's about um, it the only thing i would give a shout out to is vanessa kirby playing Haley atwell playing her and she yeah (laughs) and it's cool because you can, uh, you there's actually a way to tell the difference between who is who because they never changed the eye color. So yeah. she has blue eyes when she's herself, and she has yep. brown eyes when she's Haley Atwell. I didn't notice right. that, but that's cool. Yeah, apparently he, neither did her brother. When he, <laughs> when he jumps out of the train and does the speed flying, that's real too, and that's the most dangerous stunt he did in the movie because speed flying can result. It's it's crazy. There's a behind the scenes yeah. video that you guys can watch, but that stuff is. Oh yeah, no, no. no he can die there like one miss move yeah and that thing just crumples and free fall like you're done dude just him like on the motorcycle without a helmet is enough for me to be like yo this man is insane (laughs) that guy is crazy man the stuff that we love tom cruise we church of tc the thing is man he does this for his fans for his audience he is so in tune with what his fan want out of him like there's some people like 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 the rock people are like okay we're we're kind of sick of the rock or like you know uh you have like these actors who try to do comedy roles or they try to do uh be heartthrobs tom cruise like no i know exactly what people want from me now and i'm going to give it to them like he's like he's given up 
that he's ever going to get an Oscar. He's given up. He's not going to make another Born, Born on the Fourth of July. He's not going to make another Jerry Maguire. He's like, I'm going to go do what people like about me and who what no one else can do, and I'm going to do it better than anyone else. And and it works. So he's apparently the next anyways. movie he's got with McQuarrie is um, like a R-rated action movie that's very different from Mission Impossible, very like breakneck stuff, apparently. That's yeah, no, I hope he gets the Oscar. He deserves it. I mean, Born the Fourth of July was an amazing movie. Like, if he could have gotten in for anything, it would probably would have been that. Um, or maybe even Jerry Maguire. I don't know. Jerry Maguire is up there, too. Absolutely. I mean, Collateral. Um, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Like, Tom Cruise is, yeah, The Firm. Tom Cruise is official like the last action star like he is the last movie star i mean like, i think he's the last movie star in general we, yeah. we don't really you know you can make an argument for leo but like people go see a movie because his name's attached to it you don't do that for anyone else like chris evan is an a-list actor but i'm not going to go see the next chris evan movie i'm not like i wasn't even excited that robert downey jr was in oppenheimer that was just because it was a christopher nolan movie there are no like a-list actors leo maybe is probably the closest thing we have but like there's no like movie star where you're like hey this is the guy who's headlining this movie and we're gonna watch this movie just because it's him like it's really just tom cruise i mean steven spielberg told him in person you know you saved the movies yeah he did yeah, uh, I don't know. That that's Tom Cruise, man, and we love him. All right, we're gonna take one more commercial break, and we're gonna come back with Easter eggs. So some of them we already talked about, though. You know, uh, Rocky's just that good. <laughs> he already spoiled us some of them, but he's there are a few others. <laughs> I know he's only already ahead of us, but we'll go back with some more Easter eggs. So we'll be back in five, four, three, two. And we're back, guys. Welcome back to Salam Nerds. All right, we're going to wrap up this Mission Impossible uh, with some Easter eggs, man. We got some fun Easter eggs. Um, one we already talked about is this is the infamous uh, COVID rant uh, movie. Uh, we talked about that mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, and let's see. Oh, um, pa- uh, Palm Kermiti, Kermite, Palm Clemente, Palm Clemente. So she's still good in this movie, and it's because she is a world class three time uh, karate champion. She is like a world renowned karate champion three times. If you uh, follow her on Instagram, she does a lot of skydives, and she's incredibly athletic. Like incredible. Yeah. That's insane. They said she did so many stunts and so many things in this movie that they started calling her Palm Cruise. <laughs> well deserved. Right? That was pretty cool. Um, we talked about dead reckoning being a nautical term. We talked talked about that. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, did you know that Tom Cruise has it in his contract that he can never be scanned or de-aged? So this that's why this motherfucker never ages because <laughs> you don't even need it. But in the scene where he's in, in the flashback, um, yeah. They considered they, de-aging. Yeah, he, he wouldn't let them de-age him, so he's in the shadows. Well, they actually asked for a price. They, the original plan was they had a role, the Mariela Gariega character, she was supposed to be played by uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, that's what McCory said. And they were trying to de-age 
Isai Morales, Tom Cruise, and her. And once they yeah. got the budget for it, they're like, let's just not do this. Uh, but yeah, Tom Cruise has Damn, his what was the price? Out. I want to know what the price was then. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I know. wish. Yeah. Um, in the scene where Elsa has an eye patch on and she's sniping people, the reason she has an eye patch on is she cannot wink. She cannot close one eye. Like, she literally can't. That's funny. <laughs> so they put an eye patch on her. They were like, okay, we need you to wink. And she, like, couldn't do it. And they're like, all right, fine, let's do the other eye. She couldn't do it. They're like, all right, somebody get her an eye patch. So that's why she's wearing an eye patch in that movie, even though she can see, which I thought is so funny. The actor just couldn't wink. That was Hey, man, crazy. modern problems require modern solutions. So yeah, yeah. eye patch was a nice touch there. I, I, I know. It worked for me, so I'm good with it. <laughs> Uh, this is the most expensive Mission Impossible movie with a budget of two hundred and ninety-one million, and a lot of that is because of the COVID issues. How much would it have been without the COVID issues? I'm curious. I guess. Well, well the thing is, know. they were also shooting this one and the other one back to back, so it's kind of hard to say which one was only for this because they've shot forty percent of part two already. Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess we don't really know. Um, if that's the case, this movie costs less than um, Secret Invasion. I know, and Secret Invasion is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, Mission Impossible is more of a spy movie than Secret Invasion. There's more masks and people wearing different like uh, costumes and being yeah. other people than Secret Invasion. <laughs> this movie costs exactly two Barbies. <laughs> oh. That's funny. Um. Also, the sleight of hand that Tom Cruise does—that's all him. No camera tricks or CGI. That's just all him. He just has knows how to do sleight of hand. Man's just incredible. Uh, and then oh, there were a few people who got COVID during the shooting. This what this what Tom Cruise did. He spent his own money, five hundred thousand pounds, to rent a cruise ship so everyone who got COVID can isolate on this cruise ship. And get better and come back to work. My man. That's crazy. His own money. My man. Like, he definitely was like, I'm going to save the movie industry. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID, but my movie is going to be, at the very least, the last big movie that we have. Um, And then Oppenheimer screwed him over with selling out all the IMAX theaters. A little salty about that. No, I mean, Very I think it's a good so. thing, though. Because, like, here's the thing. I don't know if... Uh, I know I would have seen it in Limax, right? If yeah. I had the option to see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, and I unfortunately did see it a couple weeks late, and all the IMAX playings were for other movies, if I had the option, I totally would have seen it in IMAX, right? Yeah. But I have seen it in 70mm IMAX. I don't know. Well, it's it wasn't shot in 70mm, so... I mean, it wasn't That's really thing, shot right? in IMAX. It would just be... Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah, thing is, like Oppenheimer, like Oppenheimer wasn't going to move their date because the Barbieheimer meme is what like was blowing up. Like, there's no way either of those movies were going to move their date, so it would have had to be Tom Cruise moving his date, right? So I guess they just couldn't work it out. Oh well. Yeah. Um. Also, part two is going to be the final movie for Mission Impossible. He's not going to play Ethan Hunt anymore. He said he wants to do it till he's eighty. So, I don't know. I, I heard a rumor that it, that it might be. So, so I, I think know. that's how it originally started. But when they asked him recently, he was like, "I want to keep making." All right. Hopefully, he does. I am definitely for that. 
Uh, you you already talked about the stuff with the English translation from Russian to English with the uh, Hunter Red October. So that was interesting. You already mentioned that. Um, some other Easter eggs uh, we talked about. He goes like, you know, we talked about this. It was like, I understand you're upset. <laughs> he goes, you've never seen me upset. So it's very much from the first movie. Um, and then finally... Uh, the White Widow is the daughter of Max, who was a weapon stealer right. in the first Mission Impossible movie. So a yeah. little bit of a callback there. And these are all the fun Easter eggs that I got uh, doing a bunch of Google searches. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. So look, overall, I love this movie, Mission Impossible. Love Tom Cruise. Um, it. I hope this guy keeps making these movies until like I'm 80. <laughs> like uh, I, I, I hope they find a way to like <laughs> keep him around so that he can keep making these movies, man. Cause he will, he will make these movies until he dies. Like, I don't think if he died making this movie, I wouldn't even feel bad because I feel like that's how he would wa want to go out yeah. making stuff for his fans. Like that's what he would want. Like he, he died doing what he loved and he loves, making movies for his fans putting his life on the line and giving people this authentic experience making people feel something in the movie theaters like something as simple as jumping from one building to another is not the same when tom cruise does it because he does it and shatters his leg like it's crazy um i don't know what are your final thoughts uh jazz so yeah i mean there's not much more i can add at this point just a great movie i had a wonderful time I can't wait to see Dead Reckoning Part 2. Yeah, I, I just wish it didn't have such a big drop in the box office because of Barbenheimer. Uh, I think it could have done so much better, but still, fantastic movie. And, you know, I wish we were still in the ages of DVDs because I feel like when this movie, back in the day, if a movie like this came out on DVD, it would have it made so much money just on DVD alone, right? Uh, Rocky, what are your thoughts? Um the greatest action franchise ever question mark yeah yeah i no, would say part two. it's a period <laughs> yeah especially consistent there's not a lot that are consistent because yeah. like you go to like fast and furious or some of these other ones some of them are hit or miss this is like all rise baby all rise uh just love this franchise uh i love the callbacks um i love the action sequence and uh I'm going to model my life after Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm going to continue to do that. Hopefully not exactly like Tom Church Cruise. Church of TC. But, you know. yeah, yeah. Church of TC. Let's go. I would say professionally. <laughs> Everything that he does professionally, I would like to mimic. Uh, right. But yes, Tom Cruise uh, is the GOAT when it comes to being an action star. And, and we're here for it. Um, all right. That's all we have for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Let us know what your thoughts are. What did you think of this movie? Do you like it? Did you love it? I know we were super late today, so we don't have anybody in the comments and nobody chattering. Uh, but still. You know, let us know uh, on my Facebook page or not Facebook. <laughs> what am I? TikTok. An old man. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Let us know what you thought about it. Um, and, yes, and until next time, man. guys, salam nerds. Peace. <laughs>